So here's the series title. You ready? You ready? The series title is, come on, It's My Turn. It's my turn, right? It's my turn. Tell your neighbor, say, it's my turn. 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 You remember growing up as a kid and you're, you're waiting um, you're waiting for the swings. You're waiting, to, you're waiting to play that game next. And on the swings, you'd always have, like, we're going to time you. You only get 20 seconds or 30 seconds. And then they get done. You're like, it's my turn. The kid's like, I'm not high enough yet. And like, I don't care. It's my turn. It's my turn. Hey, the series is entitled, It's My Turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. It'll make more sense to you as we preach. So we get into it. But the title of today's message is, What If When? What if when? What if when? Um, so there's been this verse running around, rolling around in my heart and mind over the last, uh, over this last couple months, really, that I find myself keep coming back to. I keep being drawn toward. And, and I realize I've never actually preached this. I never actually taught this to our, to our church. And so I've been wrestling with this and I've been coming back to it over and over again. And it's, it's over, it's found over. If you have your Bibles, let's go over to the book of second Chronicles. Okay. Second Chronicles. Come on, get out your Bible, get out your eye, get your phone, get out your eye, your iPad, whatever you got your Bible on and get over second Chronicles and go second Chronicles chapter seven. And here it is verse 14. You, you, you've, Maybe even heard me talk about this uh, a little bit, but we've never actually taken some time to get our heart and mind around what we're going to do today. Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen. Here's, here's what it says: It says, "If my people, who are called by my name, would humble themselves, or will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, watch." He says, "Then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land." Anyone want to see God hear from heaven? Like forgive some, heal, like heal our land? Like a couple in the back by the time we're done. So I don't know why this verse has been so um, uh, prominent in my heart and mind lately. Like why I keep coming back to it. I, and it might be, it might be because there's this, I feel this tension Maybe you feel, I feel this tension between like where we are as a church and where I believe God wants to take us as a church. Like what, what we see God doing right now and, and what I believe God wants to do. And listen, where we are as a church is not a bad place. We're really not. We're, we're in a great spot. Like we, we've got a great church. God's doing great thing, things. I, I just kind of feel like I just live in this place where, God, I just think there's more. Like I just think, I think there's more lives that God wants to change. I think there's more lost kids that God wants to bring home. I think there's more marriages that God wants to heal. You with me? Like I, I just think there's, there's more. Like God, I just think you want to do more. I, I, I believe that God wants to do more than we could ever possibly think or imagine according to Ephesians, right? I, I just think there's more. And so I feel this tension um, between where we are and where I think God wants us. I, I feel this tension between what it is I believe God wants to do in California. Yeah. Oh yeah, that preacher crazy enough to think that God wants to move in California. Come on, are you with me? You know, most great revivals have started out of California. Azusa Street Revival, Jesus Movement Revival. Like, it happened in California. And I'm just crazy enough to think, like, wild enough to think that God can move in California. Like, we're watching God right now. Like, there's something very special. It looks like Ashbury and what God's doing on the campus there. But, like, God, we want in California. Like, move, Lord. We, and I'm sitting here going, I believe that God can move. And I believe that God, and I want to see him. So there's this tension between what it is I believe God can do, what, what I'm asking God to do, and just kind of the reality of, of, of where we are right now when you look around. 
I mean, there's still people hurting. There's still people that, that need to be healed and touched. And like, there's still just so much. And he's been, so there's this tension. You feel it, right? Yeah. Like, there's this tension between like, where our nation is right now and where our nation should be right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, can you just feel this tension and this work I believe God wants to do in our high schools? Yeah. Like, you, know how many, you know how many kids in our high schools right now are walking around and it feels like there's just a dark cloud over so many of our schools and so many of our students are wrestling with depression, that suicide is at, as a, is at an all-time high, that, that there's just, there's just the students are wrestling with loneliness like, like never before at our college campuses. And I, I think God can do a work on our campuses. I think God can do a work on, on our, in, in our colleges. Like, are you with me? Say amen. Amen. Like, like, and I, here's my problem though, is I feel this tension between God, what it is I believe you, you can do what we're wanting to see you do and just the reality of kind of where things are right now. Like right now, right now. I guess I just feel like there's a lot of people who are called to more than what they're currently settling for. I just feel like there's a lot of hurt that needs to be healed. I, I think there's a lot of people, there's still a lot of people that just need some help, right? And then there's this promise in this passage that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. And I just kind of go, God, all this. And then there's this promise of what, like what if what if we actually took you at your word would we actually see you do the work you say you would work if we took you at your word in the way you asked us to take you at your word if my people who are called by my name so in the midst of all that we're all this tension we're feeling like scripture says here's what you can do when you find yourself there. Someone say there. there. Someone say there. 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 Here's what you can do when you find yourself. Someone say there. 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 Okay. You ever been there? Yeah. Like, you know, like, I talked a little bit about it, but you, I, I think, like, we are there in so many ways. Like, you, you, we, I think we're there when you look at our nation again. Like, I think, like, we're, we're calling right, wrong. That's where we are right now. That we literally... We're calling what's right wrong, and we're calling what's wrong right. That's obviously wrong. No, that's right. Wait, what? That's not right. No. How, how is that happening? Like, we're, I think we're there. I, I think we're there, like, when you, when you look around and at, at our nation, and we've, we've, we've allowed division and hatred to win the day. Like, people are, they, like, Everyone's yelling at each other and they're fighting and all the screaming and I'm just like going like are we done yet? Are we, have we, are we done trying this because it's not working? I don't know who's in charge of all this, but like like all the anger and the animosity and the hatred and all and all it's just not working. And, and politics isn't fixing it, everybody. Like are are we there yet? Are we are we there? Like are we this place? Like like what do we do when we're there and we're looking around going it's just broken? Like how do we fix this? Like. We get there. Maybe you're there and it's not, you're not there because of everything that's going around on around you. You're there because of what's going on 
uh, inside of you and in your, in your own life. Like you, you can't even lift your eyes to think about the, the pain and the hurt and the chaos in the, the world around you because you got hurt and pain and chaos in the world inside of you. And you're there personally. Like, God, I'm there. I'm at the spot like where, come on, I just need a touch from God. Like, I, I, I need the work that only God can do. So where is that for you? Like, where? Where are the places of hurt that need to be healed? Where is the places that you just need some help? Where is it, right? And in the middle of all that, there, there comes this verse, Second Chronicles. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And so here's what I, I wanna try to do in our time and over these next several weeks together is just to get us to stop pretending that everything's okay. Just like, let's stop pretending that if we keep, listen, we cannot keep going in the direction that we're going. We all know that something needs to change. Something needs to change maybe inside us, around us. Something needs to change in the nation. We all know that something needs to change. If anything's going to change, listen, you can't keep doing the same thing you're doing and get a different result. That's called insanity, right? Like doing, some, doing the same thing over again and expecting a, a different result. That's, that's literally the de- definition of insanity. And if you want to see something different, you gotta do something different. You gotta do something. So what's the, what's the different thing we do? What are, what are we supposed to do? Friends, we, if, we, if we stop pretending long enough to face the reality, we admit that we find ourselves in that place. Something's got to change. And here's what I want to get us over and over again in this series is that get you to understand that when you're there, and you feel like there's no hope, and you feel like all is lost, and you're looking around wondering, what do we do, and, and how we move forward, and is there, is there any way I, I can, with the own pain that I'm carrying, my own struggles, is, is there any way past this? What you need to understand is that God meets you wherever you find yourself. God is willing to meet you wherever you might have wandered, wherever you have roamed. God is willing to meet you, no matter how bad you've messed things up. God is willing to come to you in the middle of whatever darkest night you find yourself in, in the middle of whatever cul-de-sac you've gotten lost in. God says, I'm willing to meet you. Dear nation, no matter how lost you've become, how divided you are, no matter how much hatred is being allowed to rule the day, no matter how confused you might be about what is right and what is wrong, and no matter where you find yourself, dear nation, when you're ready, God says, I'm ready. If my people who are called by my name, would humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and I will hear from heaven. You know, um, to understand the, the power of what's happening in that, in that passage, I think you need to understand the context of it, right? Oh, whenever you read a scripture and you got a verse, don't just pull it out and go, preach it, preacher. You gotta go, What's the context? Like, where, where, where does this all come from? Where, where, this verse is nestled within a context. So what's the context? Now, ready? I'm going I'm to, you're going to be like, wow, this is deep. Ready? The context of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 is 2 Chronicles chapter 6. There you go, everybody. That's it. Ready? Thank you. You're welcome. Like, took a lot to figure out. Now, what is happening in 2 Chronicles chapter 6? Follow me here. Ready? Second Chronicles chapter six, Solomon just got done completing the temple. It's the temple that his father David uh, wanted to build for God. 
And God told David that he wouldn't build it, but that his son Solomon would build it. Solomon gets done building this temple. He's now dedicating it to God. And as he's dedicating this temple to God in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, he gets in front of the altar, the altar much like what Pastor Trey was talking about today, where they would make sacrifices unto God. He gets in front of the altar on this bronze platform that he had built. And they had just gotten done with worship. They'd just gotten done with some sacrifices. And Solomon now, who had built the temple, he gets down on his knees in front of all the assembly on this bronze platform. It says he lifts up his hands. And what 2 Chronicles chapter 6 does for us is it records this prayer now of dedication that, that Solomon is making unto God. Okay? He's praying in the dedication of this temple. Well, what is Solomon praying to God? Let me give you the gist and then I'll I'll walk you through it. He's praying to God. He's like, God, if if when your people find themselves there, could they turn to you here? Like if if they ever find themselves, and he starts like, like listing out some theoreticals. But the basis of it is is if they ever find themselves like just so far gone where it seems like there's no way back and there's no hope and things are are turning in the wrong direction and, and, and out of control, like, God, if your people find themselves there, could they turn to you here? And if they turn to you here, would you hear them? God, would you help them? And he's asking God these questions. And, and so he gives God some, some instances. Like, God, for instance... And this is all of chapter six, but let me break it down for you. Ready? He goes, for instance, in chapter six, verse 24 through 25, he says, for instance, if they are, if your people Israel, here's an instance, if they're ever defeated before an enemy because they've sinned against you. You ever been in a spot where you feel defeated, but it's not because of something someone else did? It's because of your own dumb decision. It's because of your mistake. It's because, because you said the wrong thing. You did the wrong thing. Like, like, here you are, and you got no one to blame but yourself. You've caused all sorts of hurt, maybe in the relationships. You, you've, you've brought something into the marriage that now is causing it to struggle. And you want to point your fingers, but it's your decision, your sin, your rebellion that brought on this pain and the sorrow and this hurt and you've been taken captive by the enemy so to speak because of your own stuff and Solomon goes God just want to just want to throw it out there if your people for instance ever find themselves there can you and they turn to you here like would you hear them would you would you help them would you deliver them that's the context the answer Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Well, if my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear, and I will heal. Yes. God, even even there. Okay, okay. Well, God, for for instance, let's another like let's just say God, chapter six, verse twenty six and uh, verses twenty four and twenty seven. Let's just say God that when he- the heavens are shut up and there is no rain. Let's just say that it's just like not raining. Now, Old Testament understanding of rain is that rain was the blessing of God. Like in other words, you couldn't have 
crops unless you had rain. And if you didn't have crops, you wouldn't have food. And so God would bring rain to provide for his people food through the crops that would grow. So if there was no rain, it was seen as there was no blessing of God. There was no, no provision of God. And, and maybe you found yourself in that place. Maybe you find yourself in that place today where you're just going, God, where are you? See, today when it, when it rains for, for Californians, we're like, oh, rain. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I don't know what to do. The roads are wet. What do we do when the roads are wet? We're all freaking out. In the Old Testament, they thank you, God. You're so good, and you're, you're, you, you always provide. And maybe for some of you today, it, it, it kind of feels like you look around and you go, God, well, where's all this blessing that, that they talk about? And God, where's this provision? I, I, I feel like my provision's drying up and I feel like, God, I, 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 I don't have the strength I need. God, I don't have the wisdom I need. God, I don't have, God, I just, I just find myself in this place where, God, there's just no, it doesn't feel like there's rain in my life. Like blessing and, and provision. God, God, where's the rain? Like, and so Solomon on your behalf is going, God, if somebody finds themselves there and they turn to you here, would you, would you hear? Would you help? Would you, God, if my people... If my people. Another for instance. You hanging with me, church? How you doing? Let's go. Another instance. He says, I love this one because he's just like, he starts listing it all out. Okay, so he says, for instance, God, like, when there is famine in the land and pestilence or blight or mildew, chapter 6, verse 28 through 30, locusts or grasshoppers, like when there's, when the enemies have besieged them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by your people or Israel, when each one knows his own burden and his own grief and spreads out his hands to this temple, God, then would you hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive? So what he does here, Solomon just starts to, he just like lists it all out. He goes, God, he's like, like the cities are, what if their cities are being besieged? What if there's locusts? What if there's, what if the, the, the crops that have now grown because of the rain have disease? Like God starts blessing a life, but we're messing up the blessing and it feels like the blessing's being, being destroyed. And, and like, God, what if somebody finds themselves there? And, and here's the picture I think Solomon's painting, right? It's this picture where just like everything is being being ripped from your hands. Like everything you've been working to build is now being destroyed before your eyes. Do you know how long it takes to grow a crop? And then grasshoppers come through the crop, locusts come through the crop. You know how, how long it takes maybe to, to build a marriage and then all of a sudden some, some thing out of nowhere comes in and now it feels like it's all, all in jeopardy and it's all being threatened. You know how long it takes to build a, a business or a company? How long it takes to build a church and all of a sudden COVID-20 got me, you know what I mean, everybody? Like you're pouring, come on, where are you finding? You're just pouring yourself in, you're building it up. And then all of a sudden it just feels like Everywhere you turn, you're under attack and it's all being ripped out of your hands. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a spot in Nehemiah where he was building. The, and it says that enemies came from him and, and came to him to attack him and it lists out the enemies. When you go and you study that, every enemy listed where they came from, they were literally coming from every direction. So Nehemiah, at one point, he's trying to build and this, everywhere he looked, there was an enemy coming to tear down what he had built. And maybe you find yourself in that place today. Maybe you find yourself just at the spot where, man, you're just worn out. Come on, you get there, right? You've been fighting for it, but now it's being, you're just worn out. You're tired. You feel like you want to tap out. Like you, you feel like you can't even take it anymore. 
And God cries out on our behalf, Solomon cries out on our behalf to God. He's like, God, if somebody finds themselves there, like, would you hear from heaven? Would you help? God, is it possible? You're following me, right? He keeps giving these for instances. He says, I love this one. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 6, verse 32 to 33. It says, moreover, concerning the foreigner. I love this. He's like, God, okay, th- what about somebody who's a foreigner? Like, who's not of your people, Israel. But they come from a far country to, for the sake of your great name, and in your mighty hand, and your outstretched arm. When they come to pray in this temple, next verse. It says, when they come to pray in this temple... God, would you then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do according for all that which the foreigner caused you that all the people of the earth might know your name? Think about what he's saying. I think some of you come in here today and you're just like, this is so foreign to me. It says you come, it says people are gonna come from a far away. Like you're like, I was really far away from all this churchy church stuff. I don't, I don't get it, right? And I think it's so funny. We always think, we talk about Jesus came and he, and if you pay attention to Jesus, Jesus always went to the fringe. He always went to those who felt like they were on the outside. He always went to those who were furthest. He always went to those who, they actually called Jesus a friend of sinners. Why? Because he hung out with sinners. He was hanging out with broken people. And, and we look at Jesus in the New Testament and go, that's, that's great. Jesus went to those that were far off. But here you have in the New Testament, Solomon just going, God, what about the people who are far off? What about the people who feel fringe? You feel like they don't fit in, like they they don't belong. They don't know all the churchy lingo and the the talk and they they haven't grown up. Like what about in the the church or around the things of you? What about them, God, if they choose at some point in their life just to come here to the temple? Would you hear their prayer? I want you to understand that no one is too far foreign. No one is too far gone. He invites you from there over to here. He welcomes you in. He loves you as his own. So God, what about that person? You know what they did, God. You know what they're wrestling with, God. You know, Solomon says, what about that person? Well, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray. He says in another, for instance, what if when your people, verse 34 and 35, what if when they go out to battle against their enemies, wherever you send them? So I love this thought. He's like, I know that there's gonna be people fighting battles that that you're gonna send them out to fight. Like when they go out to fight the battles that you send them to fight and they turn to you here, if you keep reading that, your homework this week, by the way, homework. Ready? You read 2 Chronicles chapter 6, this, this whole prayer of, of, of Solomon. He's, he's, he goes on to say, God, if they're out fighting the battles you told them to fight, and they turn to you here, he goes, I love this, he goes, would you maintain their cause? Like, God, just, just keep, keep strengthening them in their cause. Keep giving them victory in their cause. And, and here's what's happening today. Listen, a lot of you come in this place right now, and you are fighting battles that no one around you knows about. 
Like you are, you are fighting some of you. You are fighting for your wayward kid. You are, you're fighting for your marriage. You're, you're fighting for a relationship that's on the fringe. Like you're, some of you, you're fighting for your purity. You're, you're, fight, you're fighting the fight of your life and no one around you even knows it. No one even sees it. And some of those fights are the very fights that God has called you into. He said, fight for this. Well, Pastor Chris, Christians, Christians don't fight. That's part of the problem. Like, we need a little fight all up inside of us. Like, you got you to gotta fight for the things that matter. Like, your family matters. Your, your kids matter. They matter. Like, our, our campuses matter. Our city matters. Like, we got to be willing to fight. And so God, if you send people out into a fight, like some of you are in right now, and they're getting weary and they're getting tired, and they look to you here in the temple. What is your fight, my friend? If they look to God in the temple, God, would you hear? Would you help? God, would you? God, would you? God, would you? If my people are called. One last one. In verse 36 through 39, I don't have it for the screens for you, but read it. He, he says, if your people ever because of their sin, watch this, are taken away to a faraway land and made foreigners in a faraway land. If, they're, if they're, they're taken away from where they belong. They're taken captive. And he goes on to say, if they come to themselves while they're in captivity. In other words, they wake up and they go, this isn't my home. Like, what am I doing here? He says, if they cry out to you, God, if they turn to you here, would you, would you hear? I, I think there's a lot of people. I, I, I think there's a lot of people who today, some of you today, let me, come on. Some of you today woke up in a place that you know you never should have been in. Like you've woken up today and you find your life in a land where you never thought you'd be. You tracking? Like, 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 if I would have told you years ago, if someone would have told you years ago that you'd be here, you'd be like, there's no way I'm going there. I don't make the decisions that lead to there. But yet, one compromise after another compromise, one decision after another bad decision, one slight turn and another slight turn, one shift of trajectory after another shift of trajectory leads you to this place where you wake up and you're like, how did I get here? I think our nation's woken up in a place where we're like, how'd we get here? I could tell you how we got here. We took prayer to schools. We took the Ten Commandments down out of our courtrooms. We pushing God away. We're doing our own thing. We're going our own way. That's how you got there. But what do we do when we get here? God, if you're if we turn to you there when we find ourselves here, would you hear from heaven? Would you heal the land? Are you tracking with me, everybody? Yeah. It's kind of like Psalmist is going like, God, and he's trying to think of like the worst possible situations we could all find ourselves in. Like the most desperate, like, like he's just, he's reaching. He's going, God, if they just, man, they are law. I mean, I don't know, like he, if he's making like, God, if they find themselves in the belly of a great fish in the depths of the sea, like, would you hear them? Because where, where have, 
You gone. Where have you wandered? Where's our nation right now? Where's our city right now? Where's our schools right now? Where, where's, what is going on in the hearts and the mind of our students right now? What is going on in our marriages right now, in our families right now? What, look at all of it. And Solomon just goes, no matter how far it goes or how bad it gets, God wants you to know that God will always meet you there and could lead you from there over to here, that you can, there's, there's always hope. There's always hope. Second Chronicles 7.14. See, after Solomon prays his prayer to God in chapter 6, it says that fire came down from heaven and, and consumed the altar where they were making sacrifices. It's like God going, Amen. Right? And then it tells us this, watch, that after Solomon prays his prayer, he throws all these things out to God, he paints his big picture. It says that he, the, the fire came down, consumed the sacrifice. Solomon goes home that night and, and God visits Solomon that night. That's the context of 714. God is visiting Solomon after he just prayed this big prayer. And he says in Solomon, in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12, he says, Solomon, he says, I've heard your prayer. I've heard your prayer. And he goes, here's the promise I'll make you. Second Chronicles 7, 14. Here's the promise I'll make you. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves. What's that mean? We'll talk about it in the next couple weeks. Pray and seek my face. Okay, they're humble. And then they get a little hungry for God. I just hunger. I'm hungry for you, God. I'm gonna seek your face, not just your hand. God, do this, do this, do this, do this. No, I want your, I want your presence. I just want you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stay humble. I'm gonna get hungry, and He says, and turn from their wicked ways. What's that? It's holy. So, God, what if, if God's saying, if, if my people would just get, just get a little hungry, just get a little holy, like learn to live a life of holy. Stay humble. Stay hungry. Stay holy. Get humble. Get hungry, get holy. I'm gonna hear from heaven. Forgive their sins. And he says, I'm gonna heal their land. I'm gonna heal their land. Friends, listen. It's the promise of God. And what we need to understand today is, watch what happens, is that that healing is tied to the turning. Yeah. Come on, did you hear me? Listen. Did you see it? God, would you? And God, could you? Is it possible if we messed it all up? If we need, a, if we need to hit a reset on everything, God? If we need a little, like, 2.0 version, God? If we need you to show, like, is it possible? And God goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, is it, is it possible that no matter how deep the hurt, you can still heal? God goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all possible. But here's, here's what you need to understand, is that the healing is tied to the turning. The healing is tied to the turning. That's where the series title comes from. It's my turn. Well, if that's true, then God, I'm going to take a turn. It's my turn. And see, the question, watch, here's the question as we close. The question is not whether or not God in heaven can heal. Can God heal? Yeah. Can God heal our nation? Absolutely. That's not the question. We're not, God's not on trial here, everybody. Like, can, can God, can God bring healing? Absolutely. Can, can, 
God bring help? Absolutely. Can, can, God, can God move on our campus? Can God move in our can God? Absolutely. That's not the question. Can God bring revival to California? Can God, can God move again? Can God move again? Like God's forgotten. And it's so funny. I think so many times we sit and go, God, move. Like you ever play chess? And you're like going, come on, man, it's your move. Would you move? Like you walked away to go get something, come back, you're waiting. It's your move. And they're like going, well, it's not my move. It's your move. I think sometimes with God, we're like, God, God, would you move? God, would you move in this place? And would you move in that? And would you move in my marriage? And would you move in the kids? Would you move? Would you, God, we just need you to move. And I just think sometimes, let me just throw it out there to you. I think sometimes when we're waiting for God to move, God's actually waiting for us to move. Does that make sense? Like God's just going, listen, I'm not on trial here. I am God of heaven who can heal. I am the God of heaven who can restore, who, who, who wants to work, who will meet with you. I'm not on, listen, the healing though is tied to the turning. I can't heal you if you don't come to me. So we're so funny. We're yelling out, God, touch and heal, but see ya. God, could you clean up my mess as I just run around and make one? Sorry, buddy. You love me, right? Um, and the issue, too, is this, everybody, is that it's not that we don't know how, how to turn to things in time of need. Like, we turn. I, all, all, all of you, let me say it this way. All of us right now are turning to something. Right. Does that make sense? Like, we're all turning to something. Every one of us. The question is, what are you turning to? Yeah. The, the problem is not that you don't know how to turn. The problem is that you're turning to the wrong things. We're, so the big problem in our nation right now is not that we don't know how to turn. We all know how to turn. We're all leaning on it. We're all turning somewhere. as we're turning the wrong things. What do we turn? We're turning to politics. That's the wrong thing. We're turning to, we're turning to you know, some of us, like we, we find ourselves turning to, we're turning to our job. We're turning to our, we're turning to our spouse. Maybe they'll fix everything. We're turning, what are you turning to? Turn to ourselves, some of us. We're, we're turning to our very well-meaning but very confused friends. Could you help? Could you do this? Could you? Right, we're, we're turning. We're turning to Instagram. We're turning to TikTok. Like, oh, just like my post. And you don't like it? I'll take it down. I'll post it later. Maybe I'll get more likes at that moment. It's just neat. I'm just going to turn. I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn. And we're turning to all the wrong things. If you're not turning to God, then you can't expect healing because only God can bring healing. Yeah. Only God can bring help. And we find ourselves, come on, amen, like we find ourselves turning to all the wrong things. And here's what happens, is the enemy knows that we love to turn to things. And so what he does, and this is happening in a lot of our lives, it's happening in our nation, is he distract us with like, look, turn to this. What this is right now, you're wondering what my hand is doing? This is a lure, a lure, like if you, for you fishermen. And what happens is that it goes, the lure goes in front of the fish, the fish are like, oh, look at the lure, look at the lure. We like, follow the lure. And you don't see the hooks in it, Right? That's literally the word used when it talks about the wiles of the devil. What does it mean? It means the, the trickery, the, the lures of the enemy. And here's what he does is he lures you into turning to things that can never actually help you. And so if we're running around like lured away. Well, if I, if I could just get a better job, then it'll fix everything and this will happen. And if my spouse would stop doing that, and if, my, if the school would stop, and if the this, and we're blaming everybody, everybody, and we're pointing our finger everywhere, everywhere, because we're being distracted. That's right where the enemy wants us. Like, yeah, you think, I want you to think that when that 
gets figured out. When you turn there, that this, this is your restoration. This is, your, this is what's going to hold you up. And we're all running around chasing things, turning to things that can never actually help us. Because the enemy's got us so distracted. Like, what's distracting you right now? Listen, if you are turning to anything other than God, you're distracted. God can heal. God can help. But the healing is tied to the turning. You know, one thing I, I think we turn to as we start to land this is, is we, there's a lot of people turning right now to, it's here at all of our nation. I think it's, I think it's affected even in, within the church. Like we, we're turning to, um, um, turning to affirmation. Like I just need to be affirmed. Who's just affirm me? Those are big words right now, right? Yeah. Or, like affirmation, I'm turning to um, validation. And so what's happening is we think everything will be better for our nation and everything will be better for me as a person if I could just get validated. Okay, so I have some, I have some feelings, I have some thoughts. Come on, I have, some, I have some opinions, I have some, and I just need those to be validated, right? I, I, need, I need the world to just affirm me. So hold on with me for one second, right? So now here's our world right now, is we're all running around going, I affirm you and I affirm you. Although you're over here doing that, it's very different than what they're doing. Everybody's affirmed. Everybody's validated. We're all good, everybody. I want you just to know, like, no matter what's happening or what you believe or what you, you know, where you've gone or how you're approaching life and everybody's just, we're just going to affirm everybody. We're just going to, we're just going to validate everybody. And here's the problem with all of that, everybody. The problem with all of that, my friends, is that you don't need affirmation. You need transformation. And you cannot get transformation running around just getting affirmation from everybody. So we have a world that is in desperate need of transformation. We're trying to fill the void with affirmation and no one's being helped. No one's being healed. You're broken. I don't think I am. Because this is cool right now. And I don't need you to tell me I'm not broken. Just affirm me. No, I love you enough to tell you there's more for you. Like, I love you enough to tell you this is not good for you. It's not good for your future. It's not good for your mental health. It's not good. This is not good. And you don't need affirmation from me. You need transformation from God. But how does that happen? is that instead of now turning to get affirmation, I, I, gotta just, I gotta turn to God. The healing is found in the turning. The healing is found in the turning. The healing is found in the turning. You know, it's an old school, old school word for that. You know what it is? Repent. <laughs> repent, come on, preacher, preach them old fire brimstone messages out. We're gonna repent. What's it mean? Turn! Just turn around! How about you change your mind? That's what it means. My mind's made up. Well, you need to change it. And it's like, it gets this negative rap sometimes. Like, repent, repent. I mean, my goodness, thank you, God, that we can. Thank you, God, that no matter what dumb thing I'm thinking, no matter what dumb road I've walked down, no matter that I can always turn. Back to God, 
who is waiting, willing, and able to hear, to forgive, and to heal. Me and my nation. But it's all tied to the turning. And here's the good news, everybody. You might get someone to hear you. You can't get them to heal you. Only God and only God can help us. Only God can heal us. Only God can deliver us. Only God can free us. And the good news is this, ready? Is he invites us. He just invites you. So here's what God does. He stands with an invitation. And he says this. He says, come to me. Come to me. Just come here, kiddos. (laughs) Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How am I going to find that rest? What is that rest? Oh, you know what that rest is? That rest is when God heals you, when he hears you, when he forgives you. That's true rest. And you'll never find that rest until you come to God to receive that rest. And he invites you to it. Come to me, he says, all you who weary heavy laden. You know that, friends, Christianity is not just about tending to church. Jesus never came and died a brutal and bloody death on a cross just so we could attend church. Like, the, the, the whole point of the gospel, the whole point of all of it is not just our attending of church, it's of our turning to God. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Jesus went to that cross to give us the option of turning to God. That when our nation goes wild and our lives are all over and that we have this option now purchased for us by Jesus Christ on that cross where he bled and died for our rebellion so we could be forgiven of our rebellion, turn to him and be healed. See, he invites us over and over again. And I'm gonna say this, I, I promise I'll close. They keep trying to get me to keep service on time, but I just, sorry, I keep. Um, It is not just a one-time thing. Turning to God is not the thing you did when you gave your life to Jesus however many years ago or what some of you are gonna do today for the very first time. It's not a one-time thing. It's a lifetime thing of just staying in the spot of turning to God. And if you let me over the next several weeks, I want to teach you what it looks like biblically to, to stay in this place where you're turning to God. This, this, I'm going to stay humble. I'm going to stay hungry for him. I'm, I'm going to pursue holiness. This is what it looks like to turn to God. You know, like when, when Jews thought of repentance, like their mind went to this passage of scripture that was to be lived out continually, not a one-time event, but a lifetime pursuit. When I gave my life to Jesus, it was because I knew I I need Jesus. I I, I remember one day I was just like, I am done with all of this. There's gotta be more. Jesus, I need you. I came to the end of myself. I just knew I needed Jesus. That was 26 something years ago. Do you know when I woke up this morning? I was like, God, I need you. Every day of my life. I just got to keep turning to you and turning to you and turning to you and turning to you. And I want to invite you into that process as a people, as a church, where we just learn, I'm not turning to any of that anymore. God, I just want to turn to you. All the pressure builds. God, you're my only hope. You're my only desire. And I choose today to turn to you. 
over and over and over and over again. Every circumstance, every situation, every decision, every pressure, every, every hurt, every, come on, everything, God, in all of it. I just teach me, God, teach me just to keep turning to you and trusting in you. And God, would you start a work in me that would begin to affect and change the world around me. I draw a circle around myself, God, I say, it's my turn. It's my turn. 